how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Just hang on, you're gonna be okay. No, I don't think so. Hold I, on. I think after four years, Pastor finally got what he wanted. All right. everybody it's john rhodes with you once again i actually wanted to take this time real quick to explain what you're about to hear me and mike had a segment planned for this show called bad movie my ass well the segment grew and it became something entirely of its own so it's going to be the show itself we brought on midnight Corey from the electric chair and we dived into this it is insane. It was a hell of a lot of fun, and I hope all of you enjoy it. Please let us know what you think, uh, and stay tuned because next week we're hoping to have out a companion piece the rest of this show. So enjoy. All right, and we're back right now. We are jumping into the bad movie My Ass segment, and we have some callers with us. We have Midnight Corey. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's a huge honor. Um, yeah, you guys are great. So I'm in some great company tonight. Hey, I, enjoy it. I'm really excited to have you on. We also have Scott from Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Hello. Also, thank you very much for being on. And we oh. have our growing regulars, Cody. This, this would be the up, point. Guys? 
<laughs> There's Cody. And we have Avery as well. Hi. <laughs> yes. Short and simple. All right. And as always is my lovable co-host, oh, God. Michael J. I'm not lovable, but I'm here anyway, so okay. <laughs> All right, so in the Bad Movie My Ass segment, we're just talking about movies that we love and everyone else freaking hates. Well, I don't know if everybody else hates them. I just know the majority of people that I know hate what I like. So, No, I, I totally agree, and I, I think we chose this one because we've done a total of, what, three shows now, Mike, and it's pretty much been almost every show I get shit for one of the movies I like. Not just one. Okay. Good, yeah, good. Got a champion it, you know. <laughs> so, we kind Elm of figured... Street remake Lover? Yeah, we kind of figured, <laughs> let's let's just get into this, let's, let's cover the whole subject and see what the hell happens. Yeah. So... Michael J., why don't you start us off with one of your picks? Um, All right, well, I'll start out with this one that I'm not sure if everybody will hate. Well, should I I start with Halloween 6 or should I save that for later since everybody knows Halloween 6 already? Well, you might as well just cover it real quick. (sighs) Fine. (laughs) There was a movie released in 1995, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. I love that movie. Everybody hates it. Um, if you want to know why I love it and everybody else hates it, please go back and listen to uh, past episodes of The Skeleton Crew. You'll find them somewhere. I'm not going to say where they are right here, but you'll find them. And uh, I go into it in detail. A lot of detail. I, I actually really did enjoy the episode that was just about that. But I got to say, I actually enjoy that movie. There's Do we one. Have anyone else with us that kind of feels the same way? It was a good movie. It was my favorite growing up. Oh. And crickets from everyone else, so, uh, yeah. No no crickets here. I I love the film. I I do. It it had great elements. Uh, uh, They kind of reminded you of the original, and, and, I mean, that, uh, oh, the broad from Teen Wolf, it was great. What what can you say? (laughs) Definite crickets from me, though, Doug. I can say that because I've not seen it. So fair enough there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I really enjoy all the Halloween movies um, for one reason or another. Um, I, I can't say that I, I really hate any of them. Uh, you know, part six, definitely one of those that uh, I thought was really cool. And uh, in fact, the one right after it is good, too. And I, I think they're just fun and I mean, yeah. I mean, there's some some sketchy parts in them, and yeah, they're not perfect, but it's just fun. I like Michael Myers. I like. I just like to see Michael yeah. Myers. I think he's a great, great character, and, yeah, and it, the it's film really hard to screw him up. The film stayed true to character for him, and that's mm-hmm. a big thing for me. Is you know, when it comes to these franchises, uh, sequels, you know, they straight when they stay true to character on the antagonist. You know, change everything else up. That's fine. But as long as the antagonist is believable, you know, I'm right there. You know, it, it it's good for me. Oh, but Well, being a host, I, I will go next, and then we'll get into some of our callers. Uh, well, I kind of covered it really quickly on the last show. I like House of the Dead. Oh, God. And before I get a lot of shit for that one... <laughs> 
I knew you were going to say this is the last one. already. Yeah. It's continuing from the last one. Oh. Before I get a lot, oh, I just want to cover it real quick because it, it's obviously on this list. <laughs> um, I do like it because I think it's really ambitious. It's The direction's decent, and I don't know. It's just kind of one of those fun ones to watch. It's You can't really sit down and take it seriously by any means, but I enjoy it. And you know what? So sue me. I yeah, want to put a bullet you know, in my if you brain. look at it that way, I mean, you just go into it as it's a fun movie uh, and not take it seriously. It's not that bad, really. I mean, I know I bash on it a lot, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you're not going in for a Romero movie. There's no deep content here. There's uh, boobs, blood, a shitty story, bad acting, but decent directing, and... Uh, and Ellie Cornell. <laughs> Well, Uwe Boll just has this habit of, I think, trying to make movies that he he is nowhere near qualified to make. And, yeah, he tries, and i got to give him respect because he he basically does whatever he wants, and he really doesn't care. Um, but House of the Dead is just unwatchable, man. I don't know. I, I, can, I sat through it once just because it's like kind of a zombie movie, and I was doing a zombie podcast at the time. And so I'm like, yeah, i got to watch this and review it, you know, keep my cred going. And uh, wow, that was rough. That was really rough. Um, I, I just can't can't go with you on this, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. And but, hey, yeah. More power to you. You know. <laughs> well, uh, Corey, what would be one of your picks? Oh wow. Well, when you when you brought this up, this is fantastic. Um, <clears throat> my list is amazingly long because I just went nuts with this. <laughs> and I started thinking of movies that I love, and it's like almost like all kinds of movies that I love are on this list. And I'm beginning to think that I just really love movies that suck, and um, that's it's just crazy. But um, I don't. I'll start. I'll start off sort of um, in the mainstream. Some of these are more obscure, but uh, the most mainstream one that I have, and I'm actually going to kind of lump two movies into one here. Okay. Um, is uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween and H2 um, because uh, I loved them both Brilliant. Uh, I thought they were uh, great great movies um, definitely Rob Zombie movies he was just doing whatever he wanted to do uh, he just took it and ran with it and uh, you know it's so many and if you guys if you guys are the kind of people that really really love the original and it can't do any wrong and stuff I, I hope I don't you know, rub you the wrong way here, but it it seems like people who love the original Halloween are just like so offended by this film that they just can't accept that somebody else just decided to sort of do their own take with it and kind of re envision a lot of what was going on and yeah, do backstory with Michael Myers and and things. I mean, so what? It, it's Rob Zombie who, to me, I I love the guy, and I just saw he he was just. Putting stuff out there, the studio, um, at least in H two, they they gave him a lot of creative freedom. Um, I think they were a little more kind of on him for the first film, but uh, um, for the second one, he just really took it out there, and that really alienated a lot of people. A lot of people really hating on H two, um, but man, I didn't care. I was uh, I was just loving it the whole way. It's such fun movies. Um, so I'm going to lump them right into one film because basically, I mean, it's a it's a direct continuation, uh, part one and two. So. Um, just as a whole, I love them, and people just seem to hate on these films. 
um, with a passion. So, I think a lot of what that is is just a lot of purists not wanting it to be remade, not wanting it to be retold. But I, I'm totally on board with you. I enjoy the first one. I actually think the second one is better because they allowed him more freedom and he got to go into places that he really wanted to with the story and make it more original than the original series. My only, my only problem with uh, Rodgers Holly 2 was that you know they kept Daniel Harris in the house the whole time, and I wish he was able to do more. Um, but I really loved the remake and uh, the sequel. Right, they didn't use her much at all, and that was that was a major beef with me too. I, I agree. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's no wonder if you, Mike, you're you're a little creepy with her, but I can't help it. I have her <laughs> pants. What can I say? <laughs> hey. Hey, I, I agree 100% with Mike on this, you know, that he was totally underused in both films, really, I, I feel. I mean, the woman is an amazing actress, and uh, I'm I'm not going to, I didn't really care for H2. A lot of people are, you know, like you guys are saying, really liked H2 better than the, the Halloween remake, and uh, H2, I just couldn't get into it for some reason. Uh and I appreciate Zombie doing his own thing with it. I, I really do. Uh, but I don't know. It just it just did not feel like a Halloween film to me. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing to counter the whole Daniel Harris thing. I mean, she may have been slightly utilized, but uh, Scout was great in it. And honestly... Daniel's death in part two is probably one of the most memorable deaths to me in any horror movie. Yeah. 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 I'll agree Especially any unrated one, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way yeah. Brad Dwarf just breaks down when he finds... I mean, really. That, that, um, that mixed with the footage from when she was a child... Oh, that, her with the dog was just too priceless for me. I, I still... And the thing, you know, about Rob Zombie that I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way, too, is uh, how much he loves to use his wife in films. You know, Sherry Moon. And no, she's not the best actress in the world. But uh, I don't know. He really likes to put her up there on screen and show her ass a lot, I think. And, uh, you know, kind of. I don't know. He he puts her in everything. So, uh, again, I'd like to see her on screen. You know, she's, you know, obviously nice to look at and everything. And like I said, not the best actress, but. you know, I I thought she did well. You know, in both parts. You know, even the um, crazy, you know, riding on a white horse. You know, sort of weird stuff going on in H two. Um, you know, I think Sherry Moon just fits into his movies, and um, so that's uh, how does Sherry Moon rub you? I mean, do you, you guys like Sherry Moon at all, or is she kind of weak for zombies films? I like what do you Sherry. think? I like Sherry, but the the thing is, um, with Rodney Tully too. Um, what didn't make sense about her character was in uh, the first Halloween Rob Zombie did, you know, she was the nicest thing that Michael had in his world. And so I don't understand why she's kind of made to look like this bad person at Halloween too. Um, it's understandable that Judith Myers isn't there because she was, you know, just terrible to Michael. But the one person that really gave him hope, I guess you could say was his mother. And now in part two, she just comes back as this kind of bad spirit. Yeah. But I think that was just pretty much, his his mind and portraying his mother to deliver a lot of the messages. So, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah. I am actually a fan of her 
Um, and honestly, if I was married to a woman that looked like that, I would definitely have her in all my movies, too. Um, I mean, she's pretty decent, and I'm actually looking forward to The Lords of Salem to see if she can carry a movie or not, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And, and when all the people want to give him crap about that, honestly, it, it kind of annoys me because Tim Burton cast his wife a lot. Judd Apatow cast his wife a lot. It happens all the time. I didn't even I know, know Tim Burton was married. When did that happen? <laughs> yeah, Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah. Oh, oh that's his no, no, Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, good one. Well put. <laughs> well, a guy looking like Tim. Sorry Burton to ruin that. Looking like that. Uh, <laughs> no, that was worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely. Oh. <laughs> um. Well, let's just keep this rolling. Uh, Scott. Our neighbor from the north. What is one of your picks, buddy? Uh, are we talking horror here or in general? Because uh, I'm more of an action guy, as I've said, so it really depends on what we're looking at. Because I've got 25 reviews up, and there's 25 picks right there. Because guilty pleasures, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> don't make, sorry, 24. I reviewed Twilight. I'll take I'll take that out. So, uh, wow. I'm sorry. That was paying <laughs> off. A, that was paying off a debt. Um, it's, yeah, oh, God. Um, true guilty pleasure, though, I mean, yeah. that's how that's how I'm looking at it, because there's, fun. A, to, to me, there's a difference in, like, a, a guilty pleasure where you celebrate something that, well, my tagline, celebrating movies you're embarrassed to love. But then there's also ones that are so bad they're good, right? Um, for me, it's like the underseen ones, and I can think of a recent one I spent a lot of time on was Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. People hated <laughs> that movie. I thought it was fun as hell. I was I told mean, to avoid it like the plague, so I don't know. Well, people, I, yeah, I looked I mean, at it. I look at it from an attitude like people looked at that and think, "Or that's stupid. That looks dumb." But they're the same people complaining there's nothing original in Hollywood. It's about America's favorite president as a badass vampire hunter that no one knew about. Okay, cool. And it was fun. It's from the director of Wanted. Tim Burton produced it, so surprisingly, Depp wasn't in it. Um, but I mean, that's horror-y, I guess, but there's action in there, too. It was a lot of fun, and I think the key for it was it knew what it was. It wasn't trying to be Lincoln with vampires. It was crazy, over-the-top action, so it fit. Like you were saying, even with Halloween 6, it knows what it is. It's not trying to be super deep or anything. It's trying to be exactly what it gave you. That's the key. So when it gets unfairly criticized... Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I actually you know. saw this in theaters. My my only complaint towards it is I've actually read the novel. and uh, Yeah. My argument there is he wrote the screenplay, too, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that kind of gets yeah. me because the novel was more impactful, and I think the story would have been better if they, they stuck closer to that. But it, it, it wasn't terrible, in my opinion. I just think some of the CGI was a little off, and the... Oh, the X the X foo was a bit much for me, but what? It, he axe, uses. Hold on, did you say X foo? Yes, yeah, he did. He what the, the hell is that? Kind of like a kung fu <laughs> style that he does with it. It's it's kind of weird. X foo, never heard. Okay, well, weird. He spins it almost like nunchucks in a way. Yeah, yeah. I I I made a term. Sorry, Mike. Oh, okay. That had, that's bound to happen every once in a while, I guess. Wow. Yeah, sorry, you're working with somebody original. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm, I'm unoriginal, so I, I don't know what that means. Okay. 
<laughs> but I mean, yeah, that would probably be a fair pick there. I mean, you can look at anything. I've I've reviewed stuff like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which I know people revile that. Uh, I, I thought it like was it. fun. Yeah, I liked it too. Daredevil, people hated that, but I think people just hate on Daredevil and Ben Affleck, whatever. Uh, so stuff like that. It's it's there's more to it than just. It's hard to explain it, but there, there's more to it than people give credit to because there's a lot going into it that gets overlooked unfairly, no less. It's not trying to be anything deep or moving. It's trying to be, in Daredevil's case, a movie about a blind man with the superpower of sight. All right, but that's that's what they do, and it's well shot. It's well filmed. The action is good. Oh, but it's Ben Affleck. Well, who cares if he's pulling it off? It's all good, and that's that's where the guilty pleasure comes in. That that's you got to champion that if you like it. Who cares? It did what it wanted you to get out of it, so you are its fan. They're who you're the one that was going for, so that's what mattered. So, see, but people seem to forget that Affleck was the bomb in Phantom Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> wow, and not many of us got that, but uh, yeah, I'm not covering Phantom. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> hey, do you know that Phantoms was directed by Joe Chappelle, who also directed Halloween 6? Really? I, yeah, I bet you didn't know that. I didn't. I did not. <laughs> All right, well, keeping it pushing past uh, Mike's trivia. Of course. <laughs> Cody, what is, what is one of your picks, buddy? Oh, uh, I'm going to have to go with Halloween 5. Oh, okay. Actually, I have it playing on my projector right now. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a bad movie, I'll, I'll give it that, but it does have some really powerful scenes, and great scenes with the wonderful Donald Pleasant. Okay, hold on a second. Cody, you said you have a projector. Yes. So wait, so wait, so wait, so right now, (laughs) Donald Pleasance is on a projector, like on a screen, being projected onto a screen in your house. Absolutely. You lucky son of a bitch. Calm down, Mike. Calm down. <laughs> stay focused. Stay professional. Come on. We're working here. It's, it's very difficult to do that now that I know that he's got a projector. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we're still friends, there's always Christmas in a couple months, right? Exactly. <laughs> we have to move past this because I can't think about it anymore. Go ahead. Mike, if it actually if it makes you feel any better, I actually have two projectors. Oh, my God. <laughs> during during warm weather, I uh, have a rather large porch, and uh, I got a big screen out there too. Oh God, I want to come to your house so bad. Come on, <laughs> anytime, Mike. Oh. <laughs> All right, um, I really don't have a whole lot for Halloween Five. I I kind of enjoy that one. I can't really critique that any. So, why did people yeah. find Wendy Kaplan annoying, though? <laughs> like that's my question. She was awesome I- in that movie. And- I think Somebody because everybody loved Ellie Cornell so much in Halloween 4. And, uh, yeah, and Wendy Kaplan, I mean, she just wasn't a replacement for Ellie Cornell. You know, everybody was just kind of wondering why did they kill her off and put her in her place. You yeah, know? true. But uh, Donald Pleasant's awesome in the film, as always in any film he was ever in. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Aside from that, I mean, it has some very powerful scenes in it. I thought, at least, especially toward the end, uh, where uh, Jamie Lloyd's hiding in the coffin and he finds her, you know, and uh, she says, wait, Uncle Boogeyman, and uh, 
you know, the, the single tier streaming down in space was a bit bit much. But uh, yeah, still, you know, what I really like about it, a lot of people complain about uh, that aspect, the whole thorn aspect and uh, everything. But, uh, you know, they were trying to expand on the character, build the character some more. And, yeah, it's arguable whether it did or did not work. But, you know, there are people who want the same movie made over and over again, and then there are people who want to see them expand on characters and grow, you know, uh, with the characters. But, uh, you know, they they tried to do that there, and I respect them wholeheartedly for that. You know, they they created uh, conflict more... Uh, they they show uh, that the antagonist had actually had some conflict. And to me, conflict in the antagonist or protagonist of a story that that's what that's what makes the story my beef oh, though yeah. is that okay in the one just you know in Halloween 4 he had the burn scars and 5 they just didn't exist i, I don't get that super healing mike it's the power of thorn See, there's two sides on that with the details, too, because from the the horror side of it, most people just see the Halloween movies as random slasher kills people. That's the, all the familiarity they have. They don't realize there's more to it and there's actual character and conflict and things going on. They, they see it the same way as any slasher, at least from the general side, just to take a step back from, from what I've encountered with it. Uh, like I said, uh, Abraham Lincoln, this is a stupid idea. Well, did you actually go look at what it is and see what's in there to maybe pull something out that you like? That sounds like what is happening with some of the Halloween ones, too. It's You guys know a lot of the details of it, so that's awesome, but the, the general public isn't as familiar. They just see Michael Myers kills people, part six. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. there, no, there's definitely uh, certain assumptions that the public, yeah. uh, you know... Um, Unfairly sort of adheres to, yeah. Whenever you see part four, five, six, seven of whatever, they're like, "Oh my god, here we go again!" It's just this guy killing this guy, and you see a lot of blood and a, you know, whatever. Um, and I think it's it's really unfair because, yeah, there there are inconsistencies, and you know, it's it's I don't know a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth, but uh, I think there is much much more to all of these Halloween films and a lot of other franchises that go go, you know, way up in number, um, then I think people think that they do. And I think that most of the people, or, you know, at least a good number of the people who are bashing movies like this, um, don't even give them a shot. You know, they just look at part seven. Yeah, they just look at part six, part seven, whatever. Oh, man, that's just the same thing all over again. And um, that's, yeah, that's unfair. That's unfair, I agree. No, I totally agree. And when it comes to the Halloween films, I actually want to say that the Halloween films out of the Slasher series is probably the best done story-wise. And I don't know, just character-driven. I think that one out of all of them is probably the best series. Probably, yeah, because I'm sure the other franchises actually did become just Freddy Kills Part 8 and stuff like that. So that didn't help because if one did it, everybody must be doing that, right? So... Nightmare went south after part one for crying well, out for, loud. No, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, and then, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, if Die Hard yeah, can get no. away with it with part five coming up, Die Hard is more of the same every time. 
So people don't really argue that. And yet this is more of the same, but it's more of the same of that. So I, I don't know. It, it's Again, it's unfair. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, Avery, uh, just to keep this moving, what's one of your picks, bud? Um, well, originally I was going to uh, start off by saying Halloween 3, but uh, to avoid you know making this whole thing about Halloween series, I'm actually going to go with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, yes! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, um, let me strike that one from my list, because we're going to cover that now. Avery, you know I love you, but there's... I, I, I don't... I don't understand. I really... I, How help you not help me understand. John and Avery, and if any of you other guys like the Nightmare remake, help me understand why it's good. Please. No, I, I need help as well, then, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's not better than the original, obviously. It doesn't even come close. But what I like about, you know, the remake is that it's kind of dark, darker and stuff. And although it plays off a little bit too much on the child molestation thing, um, just the fact that there's more of a balance in terms of, you know, how can I put this? They're actually trying to track down Freddy and stuff instead of just kind of fearing him because I feel like that's already been done. And... I don't know, I also like how they use the uh, Everly Brothers song, Dream, in the uh, movie. That was kind of weird. So, But, I don't know, I still like uh, Robert England as Freddy. Yeah, and don't get me wrong when I say that I also really like this one. I, I really love the original, and I agree that the original is better. But as a film by itself, this is a good movie. The actors were good in it. The direction is good. Uh, and the story is different enough that I think if people are willing to give it a chance, it is a good, good movie. It has some do- solid scares. It, it is uh, much darker. So, See, there's a quantifier right there. You're allowed to like both. Some people think that you have to like one or the other, and the moment you say the original's better, you, oh, remakes can't be good. Or if you like the new one, oh, the original's inferior. Well, you can like both. I like both Total Recalls for some reason, but hey, <laughs> you can like both. Well it's possible. Well said, Scott, man. I, I just hate these people. They're like, oh, if the kids nowadays, you know, all they know is the remakes, you know, all they're going to do is go see the Nightmare remake, and all they're going to do is go see the Halloween remake, and they're not going to know that the originals existed and be influenced by that. And I'm like, but what the hell? I mean, you know, are these kids not smart enough to realize that, there were movies before this, and and there were films, and this is a remake. I mean, I hate that argument that they're just like these are the movies that kids are going to see first, and you know, I just I don't get it. I don't That's get it. And the... then, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no. Actually, I was just going to add in there that I I haven't bothered to give uh, the Nightmare remake a, a chance, even though I do love um, what's his name, the the lead actor, uh, Jackie. Jackie uh, Earl Haley. Yeah, 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 I loved him in, in uh, Watchmen, and um, absolutely, I, you know, he was—he's he, a great actor, I think. And uh, I was really, really pumped up by the trailer in this. But um, I delayed seeing this when it came to theaters, which I think was a mistake because then I started hearing the reviews, and of course, which were you know the majority negative. And uh, again, they were they're just bashing on it because of the whole focusing on the child molester aspect of it, and. You know, a lot of other things have changed, so, you know, I just, I've been putting it off. I, I just haven't given it a chance. But, being that it made this list, um, 
I may give it a shot, you know, and, and just keep these things in mind. You know, so I, just, I was just going to throw that in. If you do, Jackie Earl is great in it. And uh, I don't know. Go in open-minded, honestly, is really the best advice I can give you. Pass that. I think it's stupid to give any advice. Just try and keep an open mind because, to me, by itself as a film, it, it's really good. Uh, the actress who plays Nancy in it, um, she did good, but after that movie came out, she just sort of bashed on the whole movie, and, said, and she said that she didn't want to even do it. Yet I have you know Pangoria magazines where she's interviewed, and she talks about how she's so glad she got to do it and everything. So it didn't really make sense to me. And so I sort of think it was kind of bitchy for her to cut down a movie that she seemed so pumped about when it kind of actually she did good and so. Well, what that is is it, it was the movie that got her known, and then she kind of wants to turn her back on it because it's horror. So that's happened a lot. I kind of like the chick that uh, was the lead in Friday the 13th Part 3. You know, she bashed the hell out of it, and look where her career went after that, you know. Mm. Yeah, but she did come back and do commentary on uh, the third one for the, um, uh, I guess it was like twentieth anniversary or something. So, oh yeah, yeah I didn't she, heard that. Uh, yeah, it was released uh, in the box set that came out in two thousand four, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So we'll Mike, check that out. Mike, you got another pick for us? I guess so. But you guys might actually like this because I, I mean. I love all four of these, but I know everybody else would probably hate on... Well, maybe you'll like the first one, but then after that it kind of drops. But I'm going to have to say Critters. I like Critters a lot. I think it sucks. Uh, sure, I've seen all of them, yeah. I, I actually own the box set. Nice. I mean, Damn. by no means are they good. <laughs> to me, they're, they're equal with House of the Dead. So, <laughs> that tells you right oh. there. <laughs> They're fun, you know. Oh, it's a whole different generation we're talking about. I mean, this is the '80s, and yeah. I think you sort of have to think about that when you're watching it. And when it oh, came yeah, out, oh yeah, you got to look at it from a oh, completely yeah. different <laughs> angle. Yeah, and I think that makes it a whole lot more fun wait, when you watch it. So I'll give you the first one. It's John. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You House of the Dead. <laughs> okay. You said that. That, okay, I'm trying to compute this in my brain, and it kind of makes no sense. You so, can hear his brain breaking right now. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, steam coming out of my ears, so I I, I, I don't get it. How? What? Okay, we got to move forward, because I, I, I don't get it. But here's the thing. It's, it's fun to me. It's a decent film. The direction's pretty good. The acting's decent, but... All in all, it's about the same level. Is it better? Yeah, I would probably rate that one slightly like one point above House of the Dead. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, is it is it a great, great movie that I'd have to say to everybody go out and watch it? Yes. Hell no. But if you enjoy these kinds of movies, yeah, check it out, definitely. Okay, I, I still got to wrap my brain around that one, but anybody else got to... <laughs> <laughs> No, they're effective for what they are, definitely. I've seen the first one, and it works. It, I mean, the, the box art is the, these little demons yeah. with giant teeth, and they're smiling. 
That tells you what you need to know right there going in. You so. got to see the third one. That was Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie, and then the fourth one when they're in space. I mean, come on. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Honestly, I sold. Own what about the second though? <laughs> second was good too. Okay. I, I own the box set, and I stop at number two. <laughs> oh, that's not DiCaprio good. in oh, no. space. I mean, that's not. Didn't you hear him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have to go past part two. Have you seen three or four or no? Yes, I have. Watch them again tonight. That's your homework. No, actually, Mike, actually, Mike, what, what's the guy in it? The guy, uh, shit, that Charlie? goes with the alien. He makes, the, he's in all four of them. He makes the fucking movies. Yeah, Charlie, the, uh, the alcoholic Charlie, uh, Charlie. guy rides the bike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did really like his character. <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm going to end oh. up watching uh, 976 Evil tonight. That's That's my homework. I've never seen it, so that's that's what I'm watching tonight. That would probably end up. Sadly, on I've never seen it either. I've seen the sequel, unfortunately, but uh, I've never seen the original. And that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Robert Englund's uh, directorial debut. Exactly. Yes. You know, it was another movie. Speaking, oh I got to go all. I mean, another Robert Englund movie that came out. Well, that he directed, um, Killer Pad. It's like kind of like a horror comedy. Did anybody see that? Never even heard of it. I've not seen it. I've heard of it. I have not seen it. It's actually hmm. pretty decent. It's got a uh, Joey Lawrence is in it actually. <laughs> does he die? Uh, I believe he does, but it's been a while since I've seen it. So I might watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess it's my pick. So I'm gonna go with Chud. Something that's been bashed repeatedly <laughs> to hell and accused of being one of the worst movies ever. But honestly, I love it. I think it's a great movie. It it has so much of the 80s feel to it. And just the amount of cameos of people starting their careers in it and how ambitious of a film it was. Well, I, I didn't I, see it yet, but I got a question. Does Daniel oh. Stern do his Wonder Years voiceover in it at all? <laughs> no, no, mm, no. Uh, well, John, you just actually, said... him and Dan Goodman are just in it at the very end. It's probably been twenty years since I've seen that film, but uh, it's it's good. It's it's worth checking out. I promise. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, John, you've just redeemed yourself from this House of the Dead thing you were going on there before. Um, <laughs> Because uh, no, I, I, it's been a long time uh, since I've seen Chud as well. But I just remember loving it, loving it, and uh, it's. Fun. I think it's up on Netflix streaming right now. I think they finally put it up there. Yeah, it is. And, uh, Chud too. Chud yeah. too. Yeah. They made it a comedy. It's horrible, but it's so bad it's worth watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robert Vaughn. Oh, Robert Vaughn's in that one. Shit, I like him. He's pretty good. Yeah, he I rented this on VHS. Yeah, I rented this on VHS a long time ago. I think when I was in college or something. And that's what I mean. You, you, you know, you brought it up in Critters as well. You know, the cover. Um, you know, the VHS cover. Uh, it, it's just so cool, and especially movies during the '80s. Man, I, I just I get all oh, yeah. nostalgic and everything, thinking about going up and down the aisles of my VHS yeah. rental store and seeing all these films, man. And, and of course, Critters was one of them, along with Chud and, like, Ghoulies. And I could just go on it, it, all night. 
um, about how great an experience that was and how those covers sort of drew me in to see the movie, whether or not it was good or bad. I, I always, always loved the covers of these films. And, yeah, well, uh, you saying that, that, that just brought, I hadn't thought about it in years, actually, but going to the video store when I was a kid, uh, seeing the, seeing Cud on the shelf, it had, uh, it had a, uh, the, the box cover had, you, where you'd press it, it had a, like, the zombie thing on front, and you press it, and the eyes would glow green, and, uh, I was no fascinated by that as a kid. Oh, man, I never got to see that one. Yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah, you'd press on the cover and the eyes would flash green. I mean, it was, and I didn't get to see it till I was like ten years later. Uh, but uh, I was always fascinated by it just because of that. Funny little bit. I bet at least three of us after this segment's over is probably going to be on eBay trying to find that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that one. Up. <laughs> I'm already on it. I'm already there. <laughs> All right, uh, Midnight Corey, do you have another pick for us? I have lots of other picks, and it's just hard uh, picking one to talk about here. Um, oh, man, there's so many. I'm going to go with um, a, a, another 80s film. This is a little later 80s, and it's going to be a sequel um, that a lot of people really don't like because the original was so good. It was so awesome. But I'm going with Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Really? Um, I love that film. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that it was actually the first Return of the Living Dead film that my parents let me see, uh, because I was allowed to see the first one up until uh, Linnea Quigley started stripping in the cemetery, and then my mom shut it off and said, you're never seeing this movie again. Um, and so it was literally like years and years later until I got to finish uh, Return. And, uh, of course, part two was a lot more tame. Uh, there's no nudity, which was, you know, the big, the big devil in that, uh, in the first one. So, um, I got to, uh, watch part two as a kid and, uh, I really, really liked it. And I still, you know, to this day, I, I really enjoy that film. It's, uh, sort of, uh, an oddity as far as zombie movies go, because it is from the perspective of a child. Um, and, uh, that is, I think something to be said, and yet yeah, it's, it's sort of cheesy at times. You know, you look at some of the, uh, you know, how they do some of the zombies. You have the Michael Jackson zombie at the end, and it's you know, weird stuff like that. But uh, again, we have the brilliant duo of James Karen and Tom Matthews that we saw in the original. Uh, I just love their chemistry together. We see a lot of uh, references to the first uh, movie, where uh, you know, in the first movie, of course, they're working in the medical warehouse. In the second movie, they're grave robbers, and we see a lot of like repeated lines like "What's your mouth, boy?" If you like this job, and like this job, and you know things like that. And I just appreciate that. The gore in the movie I thought was really, really good, um, and it's just a fun, fun ride. You know, the return of Tar Man. You know, in the whole um, in that whole water uh, water scene, and uh, man, I don't know. I, I thought it was a a worthy sequel to the first one so and it's one that not a lot of people like i, I get a lot of lot of crap because of this one so part two have you guys seen it i i have i saw it when i was a teenager and 
honestly, I just remember mostly a lot of the cheesiness. Um, I did remember relating to it because at the time, like I said, I was a teenager and uh, relating to it because it was from the kid's perspective. But one of the things that also stuck to me was how they ended up killing the zombies. That kind of struck me as kind of cheesy. But hearing your description of it really makes me want to seek it out again and just see if it is a uh, bad movie, my ass. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't go without its flaws, of course. I mean, it's kind of weird they lead all of the zombies, I mean, all of the zombies, to this power plant with just this trail of cow brains, you know? So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, you just sort of, you just sort of go with it, and um, I don't know. It it just worked for me. I I just still love it. But... Most of us have heard the zombie episode. I actually really like Return of the Living Dead. I referenced that quite a bit. Um, so to me, with that one almost being a classic zombie film, in my opinion, I- I'm going to check this one out again just from hearing your your take on it. That means a lot, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Very cool. Anyone else? I like I it. just... I remember a detail from... I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I saw it when I was a kid. I remember one specific part where someone was being hugged. They didn't realize it was a zombie. And then the zombie bit the person in the head, and it was the sound of an apple being bitten. I don't (laughs) know why that sticks in my head, but I remember that one specific bit still now. So that might have been two, I think, but I I don't remember. But it's weird how I remember that years later. It's just... That's mine. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what you mean. And more you cops. <laughs> See, that just makes yeah. me want to watch it more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, great effects. Like, I, you know, I just, again, um, very, very bloody and gory. You see brains getting, I mean, you, you see James Karen, you know, actually biting into the skull of somebody and they're, you know, ripping up all the flesh and everything and the brains sort of, I mean, it's it's great. It's very gory, and it, it you know I'm a gore hound. I love that kind of stuff, so I'll um, go for it every time. But uh, it's uh, you know a movie. I think it's so unfairly treated because uh, again, the first one was just very very raw. You know, a lot of language, a lot of nudity, and, and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Loved it. Loved it. And actually, I, I have a um, I have a two year old uh, son. And um, while he was still like maybe like six months old, something like that, I was sitting down one day and I was watching Richard Living Dead Part Two on Netflix. And my wife comes home with the baby and everything. She's like, "Here, Corey, can you watch him for a while?" Yeah. So I take him, and he's still sort of he's awake, but he's sort of oblivious and everything. So I'm like, "Okay, I can keep this movie on, and it's probably not going to, you know, affect him for life or anything." And so I can probably say that my son's very first zombie film that he ever saw, whether he remembers it or not, is going to be this one, uh, Return Part 2. Nice. You'll have to let him know that later. (laughs) Oh, I will. I will. And uh, like I said, I I just hope I haven't scarred him for life. And uh, this is something that's going to bubble up, you know, years later. And just, uh, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Well, I, I can put it this way just to help ease your nerves. Uh, you might have actually helped create a horror fan because my sister is about 10 years older than me. So when I was growing up, she was in a, the teen stage when the 80s horror movies were the biggest. And probably the first two movies I remember seeing were Poltergeist and Friday the 13th. And 
They didn't Ooh. really affect me negatively. They just turned me into a huge horror fan. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, that gives me hope at least. <laughs> yeah. So, anybody else have uh, thoughts on part two? Have you seen it? Or... Oh, loved it, loved it. Uh, and actually, I saw part two before I saw Return of the Living Dead, uh, and I was a teenager whenever I saw part two. Uh, but. It, it, it was fun. I mean, it's a fun horror movie, a fun zombie horror movie. You know, and I watched, and I love the first one too. Watching it, but uh, the second one, you know, it was what it was. It was just, it, it seemed like it was just a horror movie that was made just, just to be fun. It, it wasn't. It didn't have uh, as much of a serious tone as the original, but you know, it it was good. What can you say? You know, I like said the whole Michael Jackson zombie thing and all, all that. It was, you know, they, they threw something in there for everybody. Yeah, and at least the zombies look good. I mean, they put a lot of work into makeup. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot to be said for that because, again, you know, when uh, filmmakers make a zombie movie. Uh, a lot of times they skimp on that, you know, especially lower budget uh, films. And uh, I just really, really appreciate whenever they pay attention. I mean, even if the zombie is on on screen, like for two seconds, you know, man, man, you make that zombie really, really look dead and shriveled and, and gnarled up and everything. I, I just, I really appreciate seeing that. And um, they did that in this film. I, I, I can't offhand think of who the uh, effects guy was and um uh i used to know but i I don't know um but uh they did a great job and i think it you know again it it's a fitting sequel that people hate so what can you do all right with that being said uh scott do you have another pick for us uh yeah i've been thinking over a couple here and uh I'm going to say one that I know a lot of people, they don't know what it really is, I guess, but probably Dog Soldiers. Oh! That is underrated as hell. That is a fantastic werewolf movie that breaks all the rules and has it going against competent military soldiers. It's fucking awesome. And the fact there's no sequel yet is a travesty. I've the whole idea for the... Oh, my God. Um, really, Mike? Really. I mean, I've seen it in the store, but I've just... Actually, I think I might even own it, but I, pro- I don't think I've watched it, but I think I have it. Check it out, Mike. Seriously. Yeah, you really should. It's from uh, the director of The Descent. Oh, oh well, now... You... It's like his first movie, I think, right? Or was that... Oh, I can't remember exactly if it was his first main one, but... Oh, I'm I think sold, it was one man. of his first big ones, and then he went on to do The Descent. Um, to yeah. me, this was a really good movie. I, I greatly enjoyed this one. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, actually. Um, but it is on... Uh, I have this file that I keep of uh, movies, and every time that somebody recommends a movie to me, like a strong recommendation, you've got to see this, I, I add it to my list. And uh, Dog Soldiers is on that list. Um movies that i have to see so yeah the basic idea you've got this military team and they're on a training mission 
And like one guy doesn't want to be there. The other guy's trying to keep track of the, the soccer game, stuff like that. I'm trying to remember. One of them is named Bruce Campbell, if I remember correctly, too. Like that was that's how referential they get with this. Um, they come across their opposing squad, but it's like a gutted camp. There's the gear left behind, no bodies and blood everywhere. So like, what the hell was that? And they think some kind of bear or animal got it. And they go along and they learn that it's werewolves. And kind of like underworld werewolves. Big, big werewolves. And they fight through it, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. The idea for the sequel, though, would have been that team comes back. The one, because they're werewolves now. So, military werewolves. Why haven't they made that yet? Honestly, because uh, the director moved on to uh, further his career, probably. Uh, yeah, well, I there know. There the soldiers, too. I haven't seen it. No, there's not. There's not yet. And, uh, Scott, you rumored for right? years. You're, you're absolutely right. One of the characters was named Bruce Campbell, and yes. I know that because <laughs> I love Bruce Campbell. Of so. course, John, we know. That's why I brought it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Dog, Dog Soldiers is, people to see it, oh, it's, I think of the, the box art said it's Tremors, Predator, um, Starship Troopers, Aliens, and American Werewolf in London all combined into one movie. And people are like, oh, that sounds stupid. Like, you're stupid. That sounds awesome. That's all the selling point I need. Dude, Tremors is good shit. Wow. I, yeah. I was thinking that one too, actually, but I went with Dog Soldiers. But yeah, like, it's the selling point is it's these eight movies. Well, they're all awesome, therefore. And yeah, it's, it's great. It's a, it's a little known British movie that really needs to be more known. I'm probably going to do a review on it at some point, actually, because it's so good. Mm. I should go. Oh, no, I was just going to ask about, uh, you know, it's sort of inevitable right now that there's going to be some CGI in it, and probably a lot of CGI. And uh, I was just curious as to how that looked in this one, how they used it. Um, I mean, was there a lot? And was it was it noticeable? Was it was it good? Was it bad? I mean, what what do you think? Uh, well, actually, a lot of it was practical. Which... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm with repeating it right back, now. and a lot of it was practical. They used a werewolf kind of sparse for most of the movie. So yeah, I'm just looking quickly online. Uh, oh. There's no details, but it's a lot of practical. Um, there, there's a brutal fight in the kitchen, um, and it's a guy fighting a guy in a suit. Like it, there's That's very awesome. little I can remember of actual CGI in it. Um, the, the budget was tiny. It was like this old couple decided, let's invest our retirement. And that's how it was funded. Like, <laughs> they thought it was a cool idea, and there we go. So that, that's the idea there. It's got yeah, direct the- references to, like, Zulu and Evil Dead, for crying out loud. It's, yeah. they, again, it's an example of knowing what you're doing. They knew what they were making going in. So super fun movies. H- easy recommendation. Well, while I'm not one of those people to automatically hate CGI at all because it can be used well. True. Um, you know, I, I certainly admire a film that's going to use a lot of practical effects and they have the balls to put a guy in a suit and film it and be confident enough that they can pull this off. Something effective and believable and, and not cheesy. So, uh, man. That, that's part of just, it being a product of its time. It's from 2002? Uh, so it's, oh, we're talking, really? We're talking oh. a decade old here, yeah. It's, I look, it's before uh, Descent. It, it's he Neil Jordan. Wow. It's before that one, I believe. Was I didn't it? know it was that old. That's, yeah, that's and th- with a shoestring budget, you've got to figure things out and do it in camera. So there is no effects budget, really. It's let's get the guys out there and go. So, hmm. 
Picture, if you've seen Zulu or know about the Battle of Rourke's Drift, imagine yeah. that yeah. with SAS soldiers fighting werewolves. And there, there's a cabin in the woods, for crying out loud, that they bunker yes. down. And it's, yeah. Then oh there's God. a twist. Oh, don't even oh get God. me started with Cabin in the Woods, please. Oh, God. I've not seen that. So fair enough. I'll leave it, I'll leave it don't see it. Ugh. It's a good movie. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. And yet I've, I've heard... Insane! I've heard it's actually... This is the perfect example. Some people love that one because of what it is. Others hate it because of what it is. Okay. Yeah. Another one I haven't seen, but uh, Dog Soldiers, you know, like I said, it's uh, been on my list, but... I think I've moved it to position number one. Um, <laughs> yes. It's, so, it's pretty good. I really enjoyed so it. So this better be good or I'm kind of going to be pissed at you guys. So, you know. <laughs> Go for it. Definitely <laughs> worth checking I stand out. by that. That's <laughs> nice. It's going to be a nice. future review I do. And these things take me a week or two. So if I'm going to dedicate that time to it, there you go. All right. All right. Well, thank you for that. That was awesome. No problem. All right. Keeping it pushing. Uh, Cody, do you have a pick for us? Uh, well, this this uh, might uh, be a bit too obvious, but uh, I'm going to say Friday the 13th, Part 3. Oh, okay. Ooh, great movie, Cody. I love that yeah. movie. I had so much fun with that movie whenever I was a kid. And uh, I, can still, I, I can still watch it. I watched it recently, you know, and uh, uh, before it was even out in 3D, before it was even available in 3D, uh, on uh, DVD or VHS, but it, it's it's a fun movie, you know. And, and people like to trash it so much for the acting. I mean, what what Friday movie are they not going to trash the acting? <laughs> yes, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of people you know, in that movie um, are just. My dad said they were porn stars, and it was really funny because none of them can't act either. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, I mean, the character like Shelley, you know, who couldn't relate to him, you know? I did like uh, that. I, I just really enjoyed the film. You know, the 3D effects were corny as shit. But, you know, it was 3D effects, what can you say? And uh, I'm not going to say it didn't add to, the, uh, add to the movie, having those, most of them at least. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it was fun. It, it was a fun 3D movie and uh, uh, fun 3D 80s movie. You know, they were just, the characters. You know, uh, I, I thought it had good character development with uh, with a lot of the characters. The uh, uh, I said Shelley. Uh, oh, what was the chick? Uh, the Latin chick that he was hitting on. Oh, Vera. Vera. There you Vera. Go. Vera. Yeah. Catherine Parks takes an arrow to the eye. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that was a great one. When she's like, "Gawk!" That sound. I love that sound effect. When she gets <laughs> absolutely, like, That's absolutely. Awesome. And I've always felt that movie did not get near the credit it deserved. No, as a child, well, as a child, as a teenager, that was one of my favorites. Probably my, possibly my favorite of the Friday the Thirteenth series. And I have recently watched all of them, and. Uh, it's still up there. It's not one of my top ones. Uh, but for a lot of the people that want to give it crap and say that people just like it because they get or he gets the mask, I, I have to say they're kind of full of shit because there are some really good elements to this. Like um, the fact that he can't be stopped. She tries to hang him and he just picks himself up by the rope and pulls it off. 
that's kind of fucking scary. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love this was uh, going on during a time in the '80s when you know 3D was sort of resurfacing, and so they were like you know taking advantage of that. And so you have the yo-yo scene, you know, where the guys you know they're bouncing the yo-yo towards the camera, and of course it came out in 3D. And a lot of the kill like scenes. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So many of the kills, you know, sort of shot out at you as you were uh, watching it. So I just the love that. that uh, Yes, yes. Oh. But <laughs> That's you know one of my that favorite kills too. And but, but you know a lot of that was put in just because they knew it was going to be 3D and uh that they knew it was going to have that effect. And uh watching it 2D nowadays, it's a little it's a little weirder because you're like why the hell am I seeing this shot of this guy with the yo-yo or why am I seeing this shot? But you just have to I think you have to realize that uh, this is the period that it was in, and 3D was all the craze, as we, you know, no oh, son of a bitch we're seeing nowadays. So I just like that, but I, I think it's a fun. I I love part three as well, and Friday the Thirteenth. You know, we we're talking about Halloween and how I have so much fun with basically every movie in the Halloween uh, series, and Friday the Thirteenth is another one of those that uh, I don't know. I can sort of really, really suspend disbelief. Uh, for for a lot of those films, even you know, going uh, through the more modern uh, Friday the Thirteenth films, and um, some of those might have made my list, maybe. Um, Actually, uh, there's there's a Friday the Thirteenth on my list, so. Jason X. <laughs> no, actually, uh, Jason goes to hell. Oh. Wow. I would actually make a brief argument for Jason X. There's a lot of fun in that. I ah. love Jason X. I thought the virtual Crystal Lake was amazing. Yeah. With the, right. two the, the sleeping yeah. bag on the tree? Oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. You cannot. Yeah. You cannot dispute that. that was I awesome. rooted so much for him at the beginning fighting the cops. I went, hey, all right, he's a full-on hero. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that, was the, that was the first... Uh, Friday Thirteen film I got to see at the theater, you know, and and any any of your franchises you love, horror franchises you love, you always have that. You're always partial to that first one. You get to see on the big screen. Absolutely, I I was lucky enough to see that one because I think there was a bootleg going around because it was delayed for theaters for like a year or two, and uh, I went to Confederation College up here in Thunder Bay, and I went to film there. One of the alumnus founded Toybox, the special effects studio in Toronto. They worked on Jason X. He brought a copy when he came to do a talk with us that was the rough cut a year before theaters. So I saw it then. And, like, you've got your green screen effects and stuff in it that aren't fully done yet. But we still had a blast watching it. So you know you've got something good when you're able to pull it off at that point before they even finish it. So that's, that's a fun one. And I think that's the first actual... Friday the 13th, I saw all the way through. So, yes, it's my first one. So, there we go. <laughs> the argument holds up a bit. Yeah, I remember I got a copy of it. Uh, what was it? Like six months before it hit theaters, I found somebody that was selling a VHS copy over the internet. Yep. I paid exactly. like 20 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. And I got it in the mail. I put it in the VCR. And it flipped every two seconds. So, it was like a consistent flip so I could hear it. But I could barely see it. But I, st- I still watched it. I couldn't see what was going on, but I could hear the movie. And I, I told everybody, I'm like, dude, 
I got Jason X six months before it hits theaters. I am awesome. And people are like, oh, let me see it. I want a copy. I want a copy. I want a copy. So I would copy it for people, and they'd be like, this looks like shit. And I'd be like, yeah, there's nothing I can do about that, but it's awesome. You get it early. No, that, that was how it was meant to be seen. That's You don't understand. Right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to go the opposite direction here. I did not enjoy that one. I'm a huge Friday the 13th fan. Out of all the slashers, that is the one I would pick. But this one, to me, was not – it's not good. You just hate Todd Farmer. Admit no, it. No, no. Actually, I <laughs> love Todd Farmer. No, you don't. Admit I'm it. I'm angry. No, but the the opening was great. That one was – the opening's good. Yeah. But the rest of the film just feels like it was made for fucking sci-fi channel. It <sighs> did so not have the atmosphere. sci-fi channel, though. No, fuck you, man. No, fuck me. It's better than sci-fi. <laughs> It is better than sci-fi. It is better. Dude, have you <laughs> seen... True. Look, look. <laughs> sci-fi did yeah, a movie about a year that. ago called Mega Piranha. <laughs> I only bought it because it was $5. You fucking bought that? And it was $5 on Blu-ray, and it had Mega Piranha. It had fishies, and I love the piranha, like the killer... I, they're, they're awesome. That's Mike, I know I you love it. the fishies, but please stop supporting shit. I can't. I own Sharktopus for the same reason. <laughs> I was going to buy that. Damn it. It's called Sharktopus. Sold. Hey, if they put it on Blu-ray, it's good enough for me. So There you go. Uh, but with uh, Jason X, was that changing too much for you then? Is that what that was? Like, it broke too many rules? No. Because no, I know some people would like it because it did break rules. It's trying other stuff. Or is it just space? Or... No, it's not space. It's none of that. Because to me, that could be scary as shit, putting Jason on a spaceship where you're completely isolated. It was just, I don't think they took it. I, they didn't go dark enough. Let's put it that way. Because the atmosphere, a lot of that just didn't come off. It came off as very cliche, very cheesy. They they almost wanted you to laugh throughout it and like, oh, we're making a Jason movie. Eat some popcorn, drink some beer, and have a laugh. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's probably part of it. Wait, 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 wait. Not dark enough. They were, first of all, the spaceship was dark. Everything was dark. I'm not talking about the look. I'm talking about the tone. (laughs) I'm talking about the tone. Cyber Jason was the first problem, I thought. How? How can you make a movie with... Jason in space and make it dark. Please explain that to me because leave him as the normal zombie Jason. Don't make him cyber Jason because if he was normal Jason, yeah, it would be creepier, like a horizon. But Scott, cyber Jason, and you being an action fan should appreciate this. That oh. he was more of an action hero in this movie. Yeah. True, but even still, he was the iconic one. It's like putting John McClane in body armor. I don't want to <laughs> see that. I want to see John McClane run around barefoot with a tank top. That's. The, what I, I'm looking for, put him on space, okay, now he's doing it in a different area. That if you're changing the environment, that's good. If you're changing the look, uh, you're changing a bit more than I'm expecting now. Now I yeah. want to see Die Hard in space. Damn it. That's, God, <laughs> yeah, I realized that when I said it. But with Jason, if it was the same zombie-looking one, I know he's not a zombie, I heard the last one, but if it's Thank the same zombie-wandering one... Zombie. Okay, no, fair enough. Fuck you, he doesn't <laughs> eat people. Oh, Jesus He's still undead. But if he's still wandering around like that, shambling, like he's out of a Red Horizon, for crying out loud, that would have worked. But he looks all cyber whatever and clean? No, that's that's not Jason. That's Who's that? They even did a comic. Jason versus Jason X. They did that. Yeah, but once you take that mask off, 
he's not clean under that mask. It might look all shiny and polished and all that shit, but you take that off, and he's the same old Jason under there. True, but I guess part of the problem with the visual aspect of it, it should have been the same look, just to keep it continuing. Because especially, this is a pet peeve, but when you start with something awesome and then twist it just after you establish that, I want more of that. What are you doing? (laughs) Why'd you do that? You made this awesome, now you're breaking it. Come on. See, to me, it was more like they they were taking Jason and putting him in, like, the fucking Stargate TV series or Andromeda or Star Trek or some shitty sci-fi series. It wasn't Friday the 13th. It was Jason goes to fucking Star Trek. It wasn't (laughs) scary. It wasn't fucking dark. It was none of that. Live long and prosper. (laughs) Fuck yourself. They (laughs) treated him like the hero, though. You're right. They, They did it in the wrong way. Because they just set everybody up for him to kill. That really was almost made by people who were thinking, oh, it's Jason kills people X. They were the ones who made the damn thing. So there's part of the problem inherently. So I don't think they really paid it. Like, I really don't think they really cared about that. Film. I think they just wanted to, you know, put the next Friday the 13th movie out so it can, uh, you know, so, it can, so they don't have to worry about losing fans while they develop Freddy vs. Jason. Lose their rights. I believe they had to put out a film to keep the right. If, if I uh, understood it correctly, they had to put out a, another Friday film to uh, keep the rights to it. Yeah, yeah that, that went from much it. That went from Paramount to New Line, if I remember correct. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, actually, that was Jason Goes to Hell, but they they were stuck in a spot where they were trying to develop Freddy versus Jason, and they needed to put out something to keep it fresh, keep it in fans' minds, and also keep the rights. Yes. So what they did was they just kind of took a shit and was like, here's Jason. They didn't take a shit. They did something fresh to keep the right. Exactly. But here's the weird thing. If they want to keep Jason in the mind's eye, why'd they change him into the cyber one? They should have kept him the same one to keep that in the public eye. Well, because I I wanted to see after Jason X was over, the way that it ended, I wanted to see a Jason X squared. But it never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Jason X on two. I think what's confusing uh, to me. See, now I'm thinking just to have him come across the Space Nakatomi Plus and he fights John McClane in space. That would so, be so awesome. <laughs> See? There we go. Okay, I would actually watch that. <laughs> it was the thing to do, but they, it was the thing to do with, like, you know, these iconic horror, um, you know, people, you know, you see uh, the Leprechaun, I think, went into space. Yes. Um, Pinhead went into space. Yes. Uh, I think Only in part good four. one to go to space, Pinhead. Yeah, well, yeah, arguably. What? <sighs> Well, I didn't see that one, but it just looks horrible. So, no, but it was kind of the thing to do, you know. It was very futuristic, you know. We see, uh, we saw the internet really coming into, uh, you know, full force, um, you know, in the, the late '90s, early 2000s, and so a lot of people were thinking about space and technology and all that kind of thing. So it was, it was sort of inevitable. I mean, we, yeah, we've never seen Freddy in space. I don't think, have we? No. Um, and, uh, you know, Michael Myers has never, you know, gone into the stratosphere or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think it was just sort of that sort of thinking um, that this was the next logical place to put him. Um, and I, I loved it. I mean, I, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, there's flaws and there, there's shit that makes no sense and it's sort of bad here and there, but I don't care. It's one of those movies, again, guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's bad, but I don't care. I enjoy it, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's fun to me. So, what's that say for me? Well, I can't really criticize you because my number one pick was House of the Dead. So, 
Yeah, we all remember that. Let's, uh, but what what would it be if it was Space House of the Dead? What then? <laughs> oh my god, so much better. It would have been better directed, I can tell you that much. Yeah, as long as Uva Bull wasn't there, okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he sucks. Hey man, he's got to spend the gold somehow. Yeah, well, he should find a better way to spend it. I think he'd be better. Oh my god, I I, I don't even have a comparison for it, but he'd be better at Mike, something else. You keep criticizing him, and he's gonna challenge you to a boxing match and beat the fuck out of you, dude. I could make. A I think Mike could take him personally. I, honestly, I could. With my cane, I would just beat the shit out of him. Number one, and number two, <laughs> I could I could direct him under the table, sir. Oh. Oh, I'm I'm not touching have, that. Have we seen Camp Out Nightmare Six? I can direct him under the table. That's better than House of the Dead, John. You know, so for, 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 for you nobody know that, I will give you that. For, I will nobody, give you that. For people that don't understand what I'm talking about, look up Camp Out Nightmare 6 on YouTube. You'll see it. I do I do a better job than him, okay? Continue. Yeah, I'm going to keep it moving at that point. Um, Avery, do you have another pick for us? It seems like nobody liked Scream 4. And... You know, when that came out in theaters, I went to see it numerous times because, you know, I'm a fan of the original trilogy. Uh, and, uh, you know, so there's like no reason to hate it at all. It, it, you know, I had a great cast. Um, the fact that I could relate to them being all teenagers, uh, in a modern world, obviously. And what's funny is not everyone is like the kids in the, in the movies where they're all really smart about and they only know everything about older movies because, you know, in my school, I'm the only one who really pays attention to older horror movies and stuff. So when, you know, my friends are over, I'm like, hey, you want to go see Creature from the Black Lagoon or you want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre? They have no idea what it is. <laughs> so, That's you know, simple. the fact that they're all teenagers, they're all teenagers and they know a lot about the old horror movies, that one, that one thing about it was fascinating, but also the fact that they had Courtney Cox and F. Campbell and uh, David Arquette back. It was all, it was just, it was a great cast. And I enjoyed it. But Avery, were you pissed that none of the original cast, like Nev, um, David Arquette, or Courtney Cox, did you want one of them to die? Because I did for some reason. Well, this, I can't explain it. I really enjoy Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell. I think they look the best in this movie. Right. So every time they're, so every time they're running around, like, I'd be thinking, don't die, don't die. And like, my dad would be sitting in the theater right beside me, and he'd just be like, oh, my God, don't die. So we, Tim and I both share that, you know, enthusiasm for wanting to see them alive, but I kind of felt like the show killed off Dewey. Oh, believe oh. me. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, they killed Randy off, and I'll still never forgive him for that. But, um, what, is, what, uh, what really, what really, like, well, see, I didn't want Nev Campbell to die in Scream 3, and I know that she got shot. And, you know, I thought that she was dead there for a second. I kind of broke down and uh, <laughs> got a little upset over that. But she uh, survived, so. She, she and she and uh, Courtney Cox just looked amazing in this movie. Um, besides those two, I really enjoyed Hayden Penetier. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Really, I, really, I really think, if you listen, to, if you watch the commentary, it's kind of like they're kind of hinting that she's still alive. And if Scream 5 ever happens, I wouldn't be against that. If they don't make her bad, if they make her bad, then they would suck. Well, yeah, I, I'm actually—I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I really liked four uh, because it's part of that perfect storm of all the stuff coming back. Rocky comes back, Rambo comes back, the old franchise comes back. There's a new set of rules you can play with. 
Um, but I got to be honest, I would have liked it a lot better if Emma Roberts' character got away with it. That would have been a twist ending. See, I agree 100%. I'm glad Avery picked this. I love the hell out of the movie. I thought it was really good. I don't understand the hate. But towards the end, I just really wanted her to get away with it, honestly. I but thought you only found out after she got away with it. It would have been smarter she if you didn't... find out afterwards. Like, oh, God, there's... Oh, God, at the end. What? It, it would have been she... just... God. <laughs> she could still be alive. She's the only one they didn't shoot in the head, I don't think. They, I mean, so that's the odd thing about it. In the whole series, she's the only one they ever shot in the head. And, I mean, the fact... And also another thing that's great about Scream 4 is, you know, in Scream 1 and, and all the other ones, you knew who it was. I mean, at least I did. Whereas in this one, I had no idea it was going to be it was going to be Emma Roberts. So that was really awesome. Um, I actually expected it to be the cop because she just seemed like she wanted Dewey a lot, so it seemed like the direction they would go in, but instead it turned out to be Emma Roberts. Yeah, I was kind of lost. I did not see that coming, and honestly, I just really wanted her to get away with it, just because you never see that, and I thought that would have been an excellent setup for a part five. Yeah, definitely. Um, but like one problem a lot of people had, uh, and I've read this numerous times on the internet, is when um, one of the cops, his character's name, was you know stabbed in the head, and he managed to walk outside of the car, and then he said, "Fuck Bruce Willis." Yeah, I mean that really made a lot of people mad for I don't know what reason, but it did. <laughs> Anthony Anderson, I think, did that, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Before guys with kids, and that odds going to probably be a failed series, unfortunately. Corey, do you have anything on this one? I don't think I've seen it. Um, I know I love the first two, and I'm Spoilers? trying to think. Uh, well, <laughs> of course, free, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, but I, I just don't remember how far I got into the series because I know I'm not current. Um, uh, but no. I, lo- I, I, I've loved what I've seen so far. I love Wes Craven. He, he, yeah, he's hit or miss a lot of times, but uh, I think with Scream, I really I got what he was going for, and I dug it. But uh, I don't know that I made it. Ah, I'm trying to think, man. I, it, it's been so long. The 90s are, are such a blur. And, uh, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, but no, I, 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 just, I, I appreciate uh, what he was doing with the Scream films, and... Uh, I just uh, wish I had seen everything, and especially um, the latest. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I have to pick and choose what I see nowadays, you know, being a married guy with kids and stuff, so it's, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, I don't yeah. see why they don't work on Screen 5 already. I mean, they said they had an idea to go up to a Part 6, and, you know, that really got a lot of old fan, older fans back. But, you know, I guess Kevin Williamson is kind of a dick about it now and rather work on Vampire Diaries than come back and do another screen movie. So that's well, from, something that from, really makes me mad. Yeah, I think the whole Kevin Williamson thing was um, the Weinsteins, uh, like they're, they're notorious for doing, kind of stir the pot a little too much. And, yeah. Uh, they basically yeah. rewrote his whole script for four or the majority of it. And I think that kind of rubbed him the wrong way, and it's like, you know, they did it with Scream 3, and they brought on somebody else to rewrite that, and they kind of did it with this one. So even though his name's on it, I think less than a quarter of the script is actually his. So that's oh, wow. probably why. Yeah, 
think Craven yeah, was saying um, something about that, yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was he's not being a dick. He's he's just kind of tired of being screwed over yeah. by the company because his last two screen films have been drastically changed, and I don't think he wants to go through that again. I mean, he set up this one to start a new trilogy, and they kind of turned it into Scream Reunion, which I'm not complaining because I really enjoyed it, but I just... I think they kind of screwed him a little bit too much on this. Yeah, like I tried to get uh, Kevin Williamson for an interview for the other show, and I know that his publicist was like, because I tried to play up, because it was like right before Scream 4 was going to hit theaters, and I tried to play up with his publicist, you know, we want to get him on to push this movie and all that stuff, and she gets back to me and she's like, you know, he really doesn't want to talk about it, so I'm like, okay, I guess he's just pissed off and doesn't want to talk about it. That's not good. Yeah. Well, it's we're getting away for what it's worth, but it just makes me interested now in wondering what you know he would have done with it. Because I know recently at Horbid there's a conversation and uh, with him, somebody interviewed him, and he talked about what his initial plan was for Scream Three. And reading that, I just didn't like the idea. So although Three is kind of not my favorite in the Scream um, movie series, I still think it'd be better than. What I think it was better than what his initial idea was. Yeah. Okay. I I agree because I did read that too. All right. Um, Mike, it's back. Do you do you have another choice for us? I do, and this is another late eighty. Well, this is yeah, late eighties film. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you have actually seen it, um, but it's one that I didn't see until like just a few years ago. It's called The Curse from 1987. And I get crickets. Yeah, crickets. It's yeah, ringing a bell, sure but I've seen no, that. I've never it's, seen it. No, it's um. Let's see. John Schneider from Dukes of Hazard was in it. He plays like this um, health uh, or environmental type guy, and Will uh, Wheaton from Stand by Me. And it's it's about like this these people on a farm, and this meteor comes and crashes into their uh, um, like a well or something, and it infects their well water with this stuff so it's like whoever drinks from it like turns into this like nasty fucking uh this like creature and, and shit it's it's just it's a weird movie they made four of them but each of them is kind of like a standalone story so i can't hmm. say i've even really heard of it i mean your description sounds more like uh the stephen king segment of of creep show but yeah that's exactly what I was thinking of when he said that, yeah. Well, yeah. it opens with, um, it kind of opens with, I guess, like, the after effects where the John Schneider character is being carried out of a house, like, after a police standoff, and he's like, it's in the water, it's in the water, it's in the water, and shit like that. That but sounds familiar. I've, I've sworn I've seen that before. Yeah, it was 1987. Uh, it is, it's definitely wow. one of those that if you can, if you can track it down... And I know it's not on Netflix Instant, but I do know that they have the... If you have the plan where you can get DVDs, they do have the, the DVDs of at least the first two. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking that up. They've got the, the two as like a combo pack. Yeah. They also have it listed. It's similar to a Lovecraft story, Color of Out of Space. So there's some pedigree on that, if that's oh, wow. what they're inspired by. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, so would you describe that as Lovecraftian at all? It definitely is, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I love Lovecraft. Me too. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Mike, you picked one obscure enough that nobody can really comment on it. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So 
I'm going to go next. Yeah, and I'm, of course. I, well, I, I'm going to go on a tiny bit of a tangent here to kind of also touch upon my, my first experience with this. But um, this one you guys really don't need to comment on because I, I, I really hope we all like it. But my first experience with really understanding that people didn't like the same movies as me was The Evil Dead. Because I seek this out after seeing it on a, an old website. I don't think it's up anymore. And reading about it, how terrible it was, how it was banned and everything else. I finally found it and I watched it. And it actually kind of traumatized me. And I just, I, I fell in love with it then. And uh, I remember probably about a year later, uh, a friend of mine in school wanted a really scary movie for a date. So the, the girl cuddled up to him and all that. And I gave him the Evil Dead, and it was probably about two days later, he gave it back to me, and he's just like, dude, what the fuck is this? This is funny as hell, and it's so bad. And I just remember remember kind of staring at him, and I was just like, what are you talking about? This movie is probably the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen. And to me, that, that was honestly the first time that I realized people maybe don't view things the same as me. And it blew me away because, honestly, even to this day, The Evil Dead is my favorite film. And it has become a tradition during Halloween. Every Halloween, I will watch it. And it was honestly the first date I've been on with my long-standing girlfriend now. We continue it every Halloween. I love, love this movie. But my next pick actually ties into it. And that's why I wanted to go off slightly on that rant and just honestly explain that. Mm-hmm. Uh my name is Bruce. Now, a lot of people may yes. not whore, but I doesn't matter. Love my name is Bruce. Uh, well, we talked about this before, John, off air, and you know that <clears throat> I'm a Bruce Campbell fan as well. Probably not as big as you because I don't have the rocker, but um, food. But that movie to me was just too much of a Bruce parody. I think it was too much of him kind of making fun of himself that I just I couldn't I, I couldn't get into it. Man, Bruce Campbell making fun of Bruce Campbell, you can never ever get enough Bruce Campbell. Dude, he did better in Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep is a good, yeah. good film, but this one has so many inside oh, jokes. No. And just the fact that he's playing a parody of himself that's a complete and utter douchebag that literally feeds his dog whiskey and then runs out of whiskey himself it scares the dog away to drink the whiskey from the dog bowl. Awesome. I, I just love the parody of himself. I, I love the concept. I, I just, honestly, I can't watch that movie without laughing and, and quoting one-liners. Hmm. Well. Crickets. Okay, I guess I'm alone on that <laughs> No, one. no. I'm, I'm with you on that one, but I'm also agreeing with the fact that the parody was a bit too much. That mm. goes almost back to the thing you want to see Bruce Campbell being awesome doing stuff. You're not really getting that. You're getting a coward. That's funny, but it's not what you were truly hoping for going in. But if you know that it's going to be Bruce Campbell as Bruce Campbell playing Bruce Campbell, okay, that's fine. (laughs) But then again, when you think about his evolution of Ash through the Evil Dead trilogy, he started off as a coward, and that was the big turn is... He was a coward. He wasn't a hero until he finally was forced to become one. And I think that kind of harkens back to it with this film. 
Right. Well, then, Bubba, are, are we led? Bubba to believe, a good link, though. Right. Well, are but are we led to believe then that Bruce Campbell is a coward in real life? If he, you know, is supposedly playing himself, are we, you know, led to believe that he is that type of person, or you know, the type of person that he is in that movie? I, I think in that movie he is, and honestly. I've mentioned it before on the last show, The Belly Rocker. Honestly, I've really contemplated about getting a tagline from the teaser poster from My Name is Bruce uh, and under my belly rocker that said, run away, question mark. I mean, to me, it'd just be the nice little polishing touch to my nerd tattoo to just make it even funnier. He, he very much comes off as a hero like Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. He looks like the hero. He's really not. But yeah. he is. But he's not. <laughs> it's Good very practice. much that kind. So. Bruce Campbell is like, I feel like he's the best B actor there is. But when it comes to Evil Dead, I'm a big fan. But it, I just don't see it scary. It has all the campiness of, you know, Tales of the Crypt or the Hitchhiker TV shows. Um, so it's a really enjoyable movie. It just, I never thought it was scary. Well, when it comes to the Evil Dead, and I talked to Mike about this before, you really have to suspend your disbelief and just allow yourself to get sucked into the film. I mean, because their budget was so low and they were so limited, if you allow yourself to just kind of get past a lot of the cheesy effects and kind of allow yourself to get sucked into it and put into that situation, that is fucking scary. A lot of people struggle with that, though. That one works for me. It's the same kind of argument, uh, some of the old silent movies even. There's that unnatural movement to it, because they didn't make it right with sound, sync, and such. Uh, look at Nosferatu even, for crying out loud. It, it, that's from 1920s, and it works now, because they shouldn't be that good at that then, so there's an unnaturalness to it that you can just accept, because it's wrong. So when you think about a, like a movie made on credit cards from dentist's investments in the middle of Michigan... <laughs> How is that working for this crazy, awesome horror? It is, because they had to find a way to do it with freaking Play-Doh and stuff. Like, it's, it works really well. So I, I always thought Evil Dead was it scary does. as hell. It works for me, like, definitely. I love movies that are, you know, to me, the movies where they're done on a low budget are more better than movies that are CGI filled and, and stuff. So I'd rather watch movies that came out in, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 90s, rather than watching a lot of what comes out today. It's kind of like how uh, next year there's supposed to be a Godzilla movie. Um, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to make Godzilla CGI, like they made Yoda CGI. Um, And I just don't think it's going to be all that well done, like the uh, original Godzilla, where although you could tell it's fake, it's still more effective than a CGI monster running around. Mm -hmm. Okay, and and just to to make a correction, the majority of this film was actually filmed in Tennessee. But oh, I, excuse me, yes, that's right. Sorry, I'm just I'm that big of an Evil Dead fan. No, that's right. Hey, I'll correct myself. I said Neil Jordan did Dog Soldiers. It was Neil Marshall. Neil Jordan did Crying Game. That's somewhat different. Uh, yeah. A little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. Though so that will be some scary werewolves, definitely. Oh yeah. Now, Corey, you didn't weigh in on this at all. If you haven't seen this. Uh, let me know after the show segment's <laughs> over, and I will buy you the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever you For want. What? Oh my God! I've seen uh, no, I've seen Evil Dead, oh. Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Um, I-, I love the first two. I love Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Um, they're completely different, and I know all the arguments back and forth between the two, uh, but I can still appreciate them. 
Um, you know, I'm a little weirded out by this sort of uh, cult of Bruce Campbell. You know, <laughs> I, I like the guy. I really do. I think he did a great job in, in the first two. And, yeah, I like him in Army of Darkness, although uh, I'm going to say it. I I just don't like Army of Darkness. I, I think it's... <gasps> Oh God! I think it's oh, John's going to die. That one is my favorite of the three. So, oh, damn it! See, I didn't want to say it, but I had to <laughs> say it. I had to put it out there. Um, and I haven't seen My Name Is Bruce, although people have told me I need to see it. Don't see I haven't it, seen Bubba Hotep. Um, actually, definitely a, see that one. a ton of people. Yeah, yeah Bubba actually, Hotep, uh, definitely. I'm yeah, buying you one of uh, those because that's what I was actually referring to. Buying and- Bubba Hotep, John, do not waste your money on another copy of My Name is Bruce. <laughs> oh, fuck Corey, you. I bought that Corey, when it came you know out. What? I'll send you my DVD of My Name is Bruce so I can get rid of it. <laughs> oh. Bubba Hotep's in the $5 bins up here. Grab it, definitely. Oh, but, but uh, I mean, do you understand that I'm sort of weirded out? It's not even in the $5 bins anymore where I live. Oh. I mean, there's such this weird, overwhelming sort of cult of Bruce Campbell going on, and I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's very likable. I mean, yeah, he's sort of this coward that ends up as this badass with this goddamn chainsaw. Yeah, sure. Sure, I get it. But, I mean, people seem to really obsess about this guy, and, and really, I I just don't get it. I don't get it. I enjoy a lot of the films. Like I said, I love Evil Dead 1 and 2. Love them. And, uh, but just, and Bruce Campbell, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of his, um, interviews and spoken word things on YouTube. And, uh, I really respect him, uh, you know, as a, as a person and as an actor, um, because I know he does make fun of himself and he knows the kind of person that he is and he knows the kind of roles that he does. And, uh, I really like him because of that. Um, he's really not taking any of this seriously at all. Um, he's very fun, but I just, I, as as a movie watcher, man, I just I don't like <laughs> the majority of the stuff. I guess of what I've seen, I, uh, you know, except first couple of Evil Dead's, and uh, well, I guess I I loved his um, uh, what the hell was that um, Old Spice? See you know, Old <laughs> Spice uh, that commercial yes. that was great. Yeah, he's got good. two of them actually. Yeah. So, uh, I, but uh, you know, any of his more modern things, I, I, I think I've seen him in, in one or two like B movies, like really, really B movies, um, obscure things. But uh, I don't know. I like him, but I don't worship the guy. You know, I don't. You know, I don't think everything he does is like holy. Um, okay. And I, I see so much of that in the horror you. community. Yeah. You know? If you get a DVD Weird. sent to you, check it over for symbols just to be safe. <laughs> You uh, will know. I will. You know what's weird? Uh, You'll, you you oh. might, uh, John, you might appreciate this. Um, <laughs> when Ace Ventura first came out in 94, before I knew who Jim Carrey was, because I didn't remember him from In Living Color, I thought that Bruce Campbell was Ace Ventura. Are, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're brown hair, brown eyes. We've got to be Bruce Campbell. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about this later. But... <laughs> Corey, for your whole aspect of people that worship him, um, I, I can honestly go off from this because I own terrible, terrible movies he's been in, like Alien Apocalypse, Man with the Screaming Brain. So do I. Um, I have a gigantic tattoo of him. Uh, and I can honestly say what it is about him, at least for myself, I'm not speaking for anybody else, is he's very, very inspirational to me. And when I was at a really low point in my life, I kind of 
clung on to Bruce Campbell and I read his autobiography. I've probably read it four times now. I've read his other book, which is honestly just funny. And there's just so many different little things that inspire me. And that's why I like Bruce Campbell. That's why I cling to him. That's why I follow him. It's just so much of his stuff. He's he's about the fans. He he embraces his fans. He helps them out. And the fact that he knows where he's from, I um he's inspirational to me. And that is why I have a tattoo. That's why when I finally meet the man, I'm going to get him to sign me. And that is going to be tattooed on me. Uh, John, if he doesn't come on this show for the Evil Dead retrospective, like around the time of the remake, then in my mind, he's not about the fans. Uh, mm, I literally slapped my glass down for that one. He's a busy fucking man, all right? If Dude, you can't he is. listen yeah. to me, it doesn't matter. All I'm asking is for five minutes on the phone. You can't be that busy for five minutes. I'm sorry, but you can't. He's Bruce fucking Camp. Uh, Dude, I got Danny Trejo for, for 15 minutes on the phone. You think Danny Trejo is any less busy than Bruce Campbell? Yeah, it's fucking Danny Trejo. Exactly. And it's Bruce Campbell, so he can do five minutes. Bruce Campbell is a very busy man. He is important. He has so much shit to do that he might not have time for our shitty little show. All right, well, you, well you just keep telling yourself that. <laughs> Moving on. John, uh, this is a show about the fans. Uh, this is John. No, let me respond to that because I totally respect that. <laughs> and uh, it, it, so much of everything that we're talking about tonight in this segment is very, very subjective. You know, we're looking at uh, you know generally movies that people generally think suck that we really, really enjoy. Um, so of course, I mean, we're going by. So many different experiences and and so much. So please don't take my sort of weirdness towards Bruce Campbell and everything as um, you know anything negative uh, towards you because I totally respect that and I know that whenever you are going through things at a period of time in your life and you see things and and you you really identify with people and and you really dig that kind of thing and get into it. Believe me, I know that that is uh, that is totally valid. It is something that uh, really it takes a you know a special kind of person to identify with and and really uh, know about as well. And 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 me, I just I don't know. I just that's my experience with Bruce Campbell and and what I've seen of him and what what you have told me, man, is is so cool. And is is uh, I don't know. It's that's that's great, man. And I hope you don't think I'm I'm trying to bring you down, man. From from what you think of the man and everything, because that's just where I'm coming from. So no, I totally understand, and and I get that everybody has a different perspective. And to me, it just I was already a fan of his work from the Evil Dead, and then. I was at a low point and I started reading his autobiography and I just kind of clung on to him. So it's, it's just kind of like you're the normal perspective and I'm the hardcore Bruce Campbell fan that for whatever reason or another has clung on to him and his work and his personality. And we get the two perspectives here and I completely appreciate that. So I don't think that you're putting me down or my outlook or anything like that. I'm sorry. I'm I said the call to Bruce Campbell because I'm kind of a bastard for saying that and, uh, no, fuck no. I love that. I, I would totally wear a robe and 
have like the chin oh. on the back of it. So yeah, yeah well, I, like, it's just, I like the fall of Sam X. Is anybody anybody here like that? Dude, that's <laughs> a that's a cheesy as hell B action movie, and you're fucking right. I like it. Okay, uh, I feel better about it now. <laughs> All right, but um, let's uh, let's keep this going a little bit. Uh, Midnight Quarry, you got another pick for us? Oh wow, well, yeah, yeah, I got a lot. Um, man, let's see. Wow. Um, well, Scott, man, maybe I'm gonna play you know more towards you. Um, right. And uh, you're more of an action guy, and this, I mean, this sort of plays into the horror thing because there's a lot of violence in this series. Um, and again, I'm going to be I'm going to be sort of a, a bastard when it comes to uh, what I'm talking about because I'm sort of going to combine a lot of movies into one. But I have to say, I am a big fan, unashamedly, of all four Rambo movies, um, one through four. Yes. Um, starting back in the early '80s and then and, you know going towards you know the, the most recent one that we've seen, um, one, two, three, and four are very, very different. And a lot of haters out there um, for anything other than the first Rambo movie. But, man, I, I just did a show um, not long ago and a podcast somewhere about all four Rambo movies. And it just sort of brought me back to this love of, uh, man, Rambo does not give a shit. He's going to kill anybody and anything in his way. And he is a total badass, no matter how old he gets. You know, even here in the 2000s, he's pretty old. You know, he's looking rough, but he's still going to well, kick your ass. When and, you're pushed, uh, killing's as easy as breathing. Yeah. <laughs> that Thank sums you. it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, all four of the movies are uh, just so enjoyable to me, and uh, I love them. So I had to, I mean, it's kind of horror. I mean, there's a lot of gore, a lot of violence. Especially the, the last film. one. Yeah. Yeah. The last so, one is Act 3, Rambo with a Machine Gun. It's it's awesome. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like when he takes down that truck and the trees that are between him and the truck to kill all the guys and their heads are exploding like melons. And then it's even when he uppercuts a guy and his head comes off. Like that happened in Jason Takes Manhattan, if I remember correct, as well. Yep. That's the that's the connection kind of pedigree Rambo's pulling here. And they both had machetes, so all right. Um, yeah. But like, he even made he made that knife because he got rid of the one. I think it's a deleted scene. He got rid of his old knife, and then he made this thing out of a piece of a boat or some shank, and it's like a short sword for Christ's sake. And he kills everybody with it because it's it's a weird message in the last one too. Because yeah. they're really trying to go in there and like their peace is an option, and the message from the movie is no, it isn't. Violence is the way to solve things sometimes. Because that one guy who was holding out, that one guy, he beat a man's head in with a rock to save them. Because he had to. There was no peaceful option. He had to crush a man's skull with a rock. That's all right, Stallone. Thank you very much for that. That's okay. That's exactly. If you go back to the old ones, that's almost the message people think they have. Even though the first one's really this messed up, like very different. Yeah. Oh, it's Thank dark. you, Rambo. We have learned the error of our ways. <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. And the third one has him with the Taliban, if I remember correctly. That doesn't play the same anymore. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> Bond had that with Living Daylight, so those are weird times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, I don't know. That's that whole series, man. I can watch over and over again all four movies, and I love them, love them. Um, so, and again, I haven't strayed too much from the from the horror thing because they are so. I mean, they don't hold back from any of the, the head explosions. You know, Scott, like you were saying, man, and just the violence. Whenever Rambo is ripping through like an entire platoon of invaders, I mean, they show it all. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. At, at, at the end of that, when he's on the 50 cal, oh, my God. <laughs> if you flip the perspective of the movie and you're following these soldiers who were being dispatched because all their friends are being killed by this crazy man in the woods... Rambo's a horror character. He's the slasher. We're just following him because he's right. American. Flip that, and he really is. He's coming out of the mud because you can't see him. How many horror slashers came out of the shadows doing the same damn thing to surprise a guy and kill him outright? Wow. He, it's the flip. It really is. So it's a good connection, I think. No, yeah, totally. absolutely. That's absolutely. A, well, actually, Jason did outlook. do that in Friday the 13th Part 6. I hate to go back to that again, but there was that scene... When the cop was out, like, you know, looking around, and the little girl comes out, she's like, oh, no, there's a scary man. Oh, what scary man? And then he just comes right out and, uh, you know, uh, squeezes his uh, skull, and the uh, brain matter goes all over the place. No, but I totally agree. Um, you, you're right. Uh, that is a great outlook. I'd never really considered it <laughs> like that. So, Maybe. wow, thank you. Yeah. Good call, man. That's uh, that's know, the action perspective something. on horror. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I love Jason and Jason X. There you go. Yeah. He's Space Rambo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Now I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. Uh, Scott, do you have another pick for us? Space Rambo. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it. <sighs> um, it's kind of funny because you're you're skewing with the or the the action on that, and I'm kind of thinking of one that actually just came out. I don't know if you guys saw that Hansel and Gretel witch hunters. I have not seen it yet. No. What's your What's your opinions on that? When you see, when you see that, what do you think when you see that the ads for that? I, I saw the trailer. Um, I went to see uh, Paranormal Activity Four, I think, and I saw the trailer for that, and I was really digging it. I love the look of the witches and how they were given sort of this, uh, you know, very supernatural, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, treatment. And, uh, you know, of course, I love, you know, old fairy tales, given the new, uh, you know, sort of uh, outlook on modern times and seeing that it's almost playing on, you know, of course, you know, Abraham Lincoln, um, yeah. uh, vampire trailer, you know, I think it's playing on that. But uh, I liked the look of the trailer. It looked really great, but uh, I have not seen the film, and I've not heard great things well, about it since. I so. will say it is a hard R. Um, there's a lot of CGI in this one, but, I mean, you've got witches flying around. Fair enough. Um, there's a neat little aspect of them when you first see them. There's They kind of growl, and it sounds like the Predator click. It's kind of a, a weird thing to notice, but... Um, it's really, really crazy action. I mean, some of the first dialogue lines are, you better step away from her or I'll shoot your brains out all over these fucking hillbillies. <laughs> That's the introduction wow. to Gretel, for, for one. So, yeah, wow. they don't hold back. Uh, did you see Dead Snow? Yes. Of course, yeah. Huh. He 
Tommy Workula, I believe it is pronounced. I probably said it wrong. He wrote and directed this. This is his follow-up. And it's great 3D. Uh, That's a whole other argument, I'm sure. But it's actually really fun 3D. Shit flies everywhere. They're exploding and there's bullets everywhere. If I'll throw back to another guilty pleasure, actually. Van Helsing. This is the dark R-rated version of that movie that we should have got back then. This just goes all out crazy with it. Um, They're really two modern action heroes, Hansel and Gretel, put back into this, and they don't have time for any of their shit. It's awesome. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. See, you say that, and from the trailer, that's exactly what I got was Van Helsing continued, but with Hansel and Gretel. And honestly, I didn't enjoy that movie a whole lot. I criticized friends that bought it, so I just didn't even bother to see it yet. See, Van Helsing is... uh, it's probably an hour too long, and there's entirely <laughs> too much swinging on ropes and or chains and or whatever else there is that happens to be there. But the idea is sound. It just wasn't executed well, which is a shame because Summers well, did totally the agree. mummy, and he, he can pull stuff off. He just, I think that was studios wanting to get everything in. They were, they were going too big on it. They didn't rein him in enough. Um, with Hansel and Gretel, though, I don't want to get... You haven't seen it, so I don't want to do any kind of spoilers or anything, but the fact that it starts off, and it's the, it's the candy house, right? So they're in the candy house, and Hansel is imprisoned. He's, he's uh, put aside in this little cage, and Gretel's chained up having to uh, work the oven, and the witch is feeding him candy, feeding him candy constantly to fatten him up. Then they get out, and they, they get out there. We have the opening credits, whatever. We come in, we see Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, right? This is medieval Hawkeye now. Yeah. Um, and thanks to being part of the Bourne Project and whatever else you can put in, Mission Impossible, you know. Uh, he's going through, and he's talking, they're talking with the mayor about trying to find the witches and how it's done and everything. And at some point, his watch goes off, and it, it clicks, and he wanders off, and his sister's like, whatever. And the mayor's looking at him like, what the hell is he doing? And he's pulling something out of his pouch, and he stabs himself in the leg, and he injects himself, and he comes back. That happens a couple times before they explain it. He's diabetic from the candy. They went there. That's awesome. He's diabetic in the Middle Ages. And they're like, oh, you've got the weird sickness. It's like, "Ah, I just get really weak. Of course, they set that up and it plays out later. It's an action movie. But there's some crazy great effects. Um, Heads exploding. Well, we can go back to that, too. Uh, But they they really hold nothing back. I mean, it's the guy who made Dead Snow with a budget in America. Yeah, it's awesome. And thank God it's actually doing well at the box office. Because normally these kind of movies don't. This thing's already close to 50 million. Like, the people are actually seeing it. I, I guess thanks to Renner. Because this was supposed to come out last March. And they delayed it after Born and Avengers. So now suddenly he's A-list and everyone's going to see it. It's great. So that one's an easy recommendation, and it's still in theaters, so you could probably hit it still. It's crazy. I in a may good actually check that out. Hmm. Yeah. I wish you could comment, but no one's seen it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if you see the trailers thinking, oh, I hope it's going to be like that, I felt that it was. I mean, the, the music is crazy. It gets a little Sherlock Holmesy at one point. The the music has got that kind of did in did in did in. It's a little weird, but um, overall, it's just like I said, it holds nothing back. That's uh, 
kind of the key there. They could have easily made it PG-13, and it would have taken a lot away from it, but making it a hard R, not just with the violence, but the language too, like, they come across different things, and again, Hansel's he's like, don't eat the fucking candy, and stuff like that. <laughs> just It flows. It's just natural. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'm going to start talking about specifics, and I don't want to do that if you're thinking about seeing it, so I'll, I'll leave <laughs> no, it that- off there. So. That's good to hear, Scott, because uh, I was uh, very optimistic, like I said, uh, about the trailer. I saw it and I loved it. Hmm. I couldn't wait to see it. And, you know, you're like, well, the trailer, you know, if, if, like the trailer, you're probably going to like the film. So, yeah, I heard uh, about it and I was like, that sounds awesome. I hope to get a trailer soon. And then when I saw it, I think I just lost my mind because it was the R-rated trailer. I'm like, oh, God, they're really going to do this. They're going all the way. Holy yeah. shit. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm gonna give it a shot, man. So. Sweet. Yeah, I'll have to check it out as well, actually, because uh, you're you're saying it's this good, it's better than Van Helsing, which I thought it was going to pretty much Easily. copy. Easily. So yeah, I'll I'll actually give it a shot. I'll come back and you can rake me over coals if I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's only Deal. fair. Deal. I'm gonna hold you to that, man. Yeah. Um, Saw 3D. Or Saw Seven, or Saw the Final Chapter, whatever name they want to call it now. It, it, it's had like several names, but um, no, I enjoyed the film. Um, it is the uh, the first Saw film I seen in theaters was Part Four, but uh, obviously the last Saw film I seen in theaters was Saw Seven because they haven't made anymore yet. But it's just the way it was written, and the way it was executed, and the score, and just everything about it. I like when it came out, I could not not telling everyone about it and telling them to go see it. It's just, every aspect of that movie, just, I love it. I like it. My one problem is, and it, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but the uh, the Dr. Gordon, and I'm sorry, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that's seen it, but I'm sure anybody that's going to see it has probably seen it already. Um, I, I didn't, I, I just, I didn't, I thought that his character was another character that was kind of, underused in that movie I think he should have had more of a role I don't think that he was used enough that's another reason I'm hoping for like you know a part 8 because um especially after seeing Insidious where like they had that like you know they had that hidden message in the background mm-hmm. on the chalkboard but um because they can use his character more and the fact that the ending left two or three I think two people you know it left you wondering who they were and uh, I have my, you know, theories of who they are and what the storyline could be, but you never know what it's going to be until it's written. So, I mean, it's, it's just tough for me to believe that, like, he was, you know, in on the thing. It's just, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of tough for me to swallow <clears throat> that, but I guess, I guess on some level, I could see it. So, you I, know, I, I didn't. Know. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say quickly. I haven't seen the Saw movies none of them, but I know all about them. And uh, my friend who does that, Triska Deca Files, he reviewed the last one and said, God damn it, they're finally saying they're going to stop making these annually, but they left on the one that needs a sequel the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that sums it right there. It's like, And they still haven't done it, because partially Paranormal Activity started kicking its ass. But Yeah, but right. that's going well, mean... to stop. Soon. Yeah, it is. Well, they're doing five. They're doing five, and they're making a Spanish spinoff. Yeah, I heard. About a can- that. In a canonical one, it's actually like parallel to it. So okay, 
<laughs> yeah, but Avery, to go off from what you said, um, I, I actually enjoyed this one. And to counter what Mike said, I think that Dr. Gordon was used just enough to leave that mystery, and I appreciated we that. We didn't need a mystery. We knew it was going to be the last one. That's why it was called the final chapter, so we no, didn't need you. a mystery. I love, I love the fact that it leaves you hanging. Oh, well. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right there, Avery. <laughs> I, I... But still, I mean, we uh, we had to figure that the sixth one didn't make a lot of money, so we knew that this one wasn't going to spawn another one. They should have just wrapped it up nice and neat. Why not? Death really. The death of Jill like really upset me because you know I just really loved her character and uh, I just feel like they should definitely make a Saw A. And a lot of my friends are waiting for it. And I know that Paranormal Activity uh, when the first one came out um, beat Saw Six in the box office. But the fact that Saw Seven was you know in every review I read uh, held up as the best in the series or one of the best. I just don't understand why they haven't made a part eight yet, considering the idea was if it did good, they're going to make a part eight. If it didn't do good, they're going to wait a few, a few years and they're going to remake the series. But honestly, I don't see them remaking it anytime soon. So a sequel seems to be the more um, logical uh, choice. If they remake it, that's the dumbest thing they could do. I'm sorry, but it just it is. It's too soon. No, I totally agree. See, and that, that's another question that you raised. Like, when, when is enough, like, logical time to pass for a movie to be remade? If you want to, like, get into that for just a second, just, I mean... No, I really don't, because that's a whole new segment, Mike. What the fuck are you bringing up? Uh, you know, well, that's a dangerous one. I'll argue all day long on Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> on that one. Oh. See, I thought ten years was not enough, but I... It's I not. Amazing it's, Spider-Man. That's not ten years. That's four from... 2007 on yeah, that one. That's only four I, I years. Just talking from the original to that one. Well, argue, I will argue that one actually is better than the Raimi one. Those Raimi movies don't hold up, and I love Raimi, but it's oh, painful. Uh, no, me, no, the Spider-Man no. movies, they're painful to me now. To me, they're... Even though, even though the original, even though the original Spider-Man uh, series that Raimi did had, like, um, I think a Bruce Camel cameo in all of them. He was I in all three. Every single one. And in fact, different, he different is the one that named too. him. He's the one that defeated him in part two. And part three, he was the first one to team up with him. Sorry, Bruce Campbell, nerd. Oh, that's fair. But they, they did not need to remake that one already. And yet, it was better. So, okay, maybe they can remake it. They're already talking Twilight remake. Starting over on that, for yeah, God's that's sake. Ridiculous. So, no, like the, no. how soon is too soon? Total Recall's too soon. And that was 1990. So, I... It's a weird argument on that, because you can still pull it off. Yeah, but you see, want to have recognition to do it. That's the point of using the name, and and yet it, it, it just happened. You're going to get that comparison you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Total Recall was, was, 22, was 22 years. Uh, I mean, I think, personally, that you've got to wait at least 30. I mean, I don't see... What? Well, I don't wait see, a generation! Yeah, I don't see the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man as a remake, so to speak, only because it's it's. I mean, I guess it's remaking Spider-Man, but it's not remaking the storyline from the Sam Raimi movies because it's kind of a it's different storyline. That's true. Yeah, it's it's the same argument. Like Batman Begins was 05 compared to Batman from '89. Eh, okay. Right. Um, 
But depending, I mean, they remade Punisher three times in eight years. That was starting <laughs> over. Yeah. That wasn't really a remake, but yet it is. They're they're remaking the movie. So yeah, right. no, I totally agree there. And look what you started, Mike. Of course. Well, they're remaking Phantom <laughs> Four also. They're making what? Remaking what? They're remaking or trying to remake Fantastic Four. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, they're they're trying hard on that, but they're failing hard too. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, mm. <laughs> we kind of went all over the map tonight. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we I ran with it. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. We've actually went for quite a bit, so I'm gonna call it quits here. I know I have more on my list. I guarantee Corey does. I know Mike does. And Maybe I bet we'll do a part two too. of this I'm at actually, some point. I'm actually really hoping we can get these guys back and do a part two. I, I, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. We yeah. should do that. Maybe, maybe like in another month or so, we can get you guys together. We'll do a part. We'll do a uh, bad movie, my ass part two. Yes, sure. I would absolutely love that. I love this conversation. Awesome. Let's exactly. do it. All right, we've ate up a lot of time, so I'd love to thank <laughs> Scott for coming on, Avery and Cody. Thank you guys very, very much for coming on. Our pleasure. It's a pleasure. Guys. Definitely a pleasure. I'm celebrating the first anniversary of this month on my site anyway, so hey, it's all good. This is what I do. It, I'll leave it with you should never feel guilty about it if it's a movie you love. That's my closing line, and that's how I look at it. If they don't like it, whatever. I do. And there yeah. you go. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it better. Definitely. All right. Thank you very much, guys. And, uh,. This segment's ran really long, so we're going to close it out. Um, thank everybody for coming on. Uh, I myself would like to thank Vince for taking care of us so much at the Devil's Eyes. Um, all our listeners, all our fans. Mike, who do you got? Well, fans and listeners are the same thing, sir, but okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to throw that distinction in there because I'm a smartass. Um, yes, you are, and I'm three glasses into it, so fuck you. Of course. Um... I don't know. I just want to thank everybody. I mean, this was going to be a segment, but now I think it's going to be a standalone show. So that's that's really about all there is. Uh, and, and honestly, I would love to thank Scott and Corey, who have distinctions on their own, for coming on and uh, honestly honoring us on a new startup show. Plug their podcast, sir. <laughs> well, the electric- if you can remember the names, okay. The Electric Chair is an amazing podcast where you have fantastic reviews, and honestly, Corey will go on about movies and make you want to watch them, even though you started, got 20 minutes into them, and thought they were a piece of shit like I did. He will review them to the point. He will review them to the point where you'll listen to him and be like, "Fuck, I'm gonna watch that movie again." Damn, damn, John, thanks, man. <laughs> honestly, I told Mike that I listened to one of your shows. And that happened. You reviewed a movie. You had, I believe, the director on. You talked about it. And you were so into it. You were talking about it in so much detail that, honestly, I'd watched that movie for 20 minutes. I was like, man, this sucks. And I shut it off. Having heard that segment, that's on my list to watch. I'm going to watch that movie again just because you reviewed it. Uh, I hope I don't disappoint, man. That's uh, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) uh, I have faith in... uh, Honestly, you are one of my absolute favorite podcasters right now. Wow. Damn. Thanks. Man. I just, uh, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, talking with people, especially, you know, in the horror genre, people that are uh, 
directing movies, they're making shit, they're writing, the musicians, anybody that is putting out horror music um, or horror films, anything in the horror genre. Um, yeah, I'm just such a fan, and I love talking to them and seeing what makes them tick. And uh, people like listening to my insanity uh, during those interviews. That's great, and uh, I I appreciate that. And uh, I certainly do. Uh, you know, I I, I drink a bit. <laughs> you know, um, during all podcasting because isn't that what it's all about? I mean, I exactly. you know, you just do it. And uh, tonight, I, I know you were uh, you were rocking the uh, what the SoCo and exactly. Cokes or, or something. Um, I was actually. Um, I had a lot of the uh, the Southern Tier double IPAs. Um, ah. uh, you know, I'm a, a craft beer kind of kind of guy, and uh, so uh, yeah, those uh, those double IPAs did me well tonight. And, uh, I thank you for having me on, man. It was uh, just an honor because I love what you have right here on the show, and uh, I'm going to uh, continue listening. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll do this again. Hopefully, you know, there will be a part two because. And you know, hell, for as many movies as I have on my list, we're gonna need like part part twenty five. Oh, we'll <laughs> keep this going as long as it's uh, yeah, definitely. yeah, damn, in yeah, space, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh and, damn, um, don't make me get creative. Yeah, honestly, I'm honored to have you on, Corey. And uh, man, honestly, I would come on your show. I would do anything because I would love to keep our relationship going. I, I think you're just great, man. Well, damn, I'm going to hold you to that, man. Uh, I, you know. Hey, as long as I can, I will, absolutely. And um, I'd also like to thank Scott from uh, Guilty Pleasure Cinema. I, I haven't quite checked you out yet, uh, I'm not going to lie, but I totally will after this segment because you had some great arguments, and I'm actually <laughs> looking forward to it, buddy. Well, we discovered each other, what, yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, there's catching up the day before, I think, uh, with, with these, so yeah. No, I, I went through when I saw listened to the zombie one today while editing my next movie. If you've seen Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, that's what I'm putting up this week. So that's, yeah. Um, but no, this is awesome. I definitely love uh, connecting and making contacts and just talking about movies. You could probably tell that. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. And to actually get feedback and bounce it off people, that's awesome. Oh, my God. So much fun. Awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, really, I can't say anything more than thank you so much. I appreciate it. I thought this was a great talk. And uh, later. whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that 
That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.